This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate. Hi, I'm Greg Watson and welcome to this week's show of Property Matters where we talk all things property and a lot today happening around the country, some quite interesting and quirky news going on and as well as that, probably later on in the show we might talk a little bit about the market and what some of these changes might be doing to the sales market with regards to changes coming through from the top. But first of all we look at a local article here by Paul Mitchell. Massey University report finds Manawatu house affordability declines 58% over the last year. So the affordability has declined. So he says that the Kiwi dream of home ownership is fading for many of the wider Manawatu as they continue to wake to prices rocketing up faster than they can save. And this has been on going on for uh, quite some time now, but... Uh, the latest University Home Affordability Index showed the region had a 57.9% drop in affordability over the last year. Nearly a half again more than Gisborne, which had the highest fall, down 39.8%. Or the next highest fall, I should say. So Massey University Professor Graham Squires said financial capital flowed easily and tended to flow into relatively affordable regions, such as Manawatu Wanganui, where investors made more profit. And this leads to price increases, which means all the regions are now struggling in terms of affordability. And this comes in line with Statistics New Zealand figures that put the region's average household income at $1,151 a week, the same as in 2020, and only 2.2% higher than 2019. In comparison, the Real Estate Institute of New Zealand recorded Manawatu Wanganui's average house price at $610 in October, up 28.4% since October 2020. So just to say that again, average household income has not changed. House prices have gone up 28.4%. And that means that house prices had grown more than 22 times faster than incomes over the past two years. The Institute's Manawatu spokesman, Andy Stewart said affordability falling after several years of sustained record-breaking prices was to be expected. But it was surprising me how drastically affordability fell on the region over the past year. And Palmer's North homes were even more expensive, with the city's average price at 710000 in October, just 10000 less than the record set in August. These prices will eventually stabilise, although I don't think they will fall back. But first-home buyers are in for a rough ride. Andy Stewart said. So it's pretty hard to really get a gauge as to the difficulties that, that people are having and we will have hopefully a little bit later an article on that with regards to how to get yourself in the best position to buy. Stewart said a wider range of people were struggling to save enough to make a deposit on a house without significant help from their families. Government efforts to curb rising housing prices such as the Brightline test Tighter loan-to-value ratios and now loan-to-debt assessments on mortgages had some effect on the market. And while the measures did give investors pause, the stringent loan conditions had pushed a lot of first-home buyers out of the market, and that's a sad thing. 
Stewart said open homes were not getting quite the same feeding frenzy of offers since the policies came into effect. The country was also heading out of a period of extremely low interest rates that started with Reserve Bank cutting the official cash rate to a record low of 0.25% at the beginning of the pandemic. Recently, the rate was lifted 25 basis points, um, and that's up to 0.75%. ASB and ANZ have already raised their floating and flexible mortgage rates, and other banks will follow suit. And that follows on to another article here, good for homeowners, not so good otherwise. This from Stuff says, Palmerston North land values almost double in three years. So residential land values have gone up 95% in Palmerston North, but don't panic, that does not mean the city council rates will double. Quotable Value has just released the latest rating valuations for city properties, which show the total value of the city is $32.8 billion, with an underlying rateable land value of $18.7 billion. I'll just digress here to say that if you did want to see what your latest quotable value is, just go onto the website www.qvforquotablevalue.co.nz and then you can search your property address. For those of us who haven't had a look since maybe the last time they came out, that would make some interesting reading with regards to your house prices. So local QV senior consultant Simon Wilcox said the value increases had occurred across the entire residential market since the last valuations in 2018, driven by a shortage of listings, record low borrowing costs and people's fear of missing out of getting onto the housing market. The valuations as at September 1st have seen an average 75% lift in home values, that is the value of both land and buildings, to 776000 with average land values up by 95% to an average $490,000. Isn't that incredible based on historical figures? So the areas of the city where land values have gone up the most were the villages of Bunnythorpe and Longburn, up nearly 140%, with Ashurst and the Westbrook Highbury Tarkaro areas just above and below the 100% mark. Commercial and industrial properties had seen a more modest rate of increase. Excuse me. Commercial properties were up 26%, with land value increases of 40%. Industrial property values were up 44.7%, with land values of up to 60%. City Council Finance Strategy Manager Steve Patterson said he was yet to analyse what the new valuations would do to rates. City council rates are set depending on relative land values. So remember, it's the rates aren't based on the house at all, just on the land values. It's important to realise that the changes to values does not increase or decrease the total rates revenue for the council, he said. Instead, rates will be spread amongst ratepayers rate in slightly different proportions than before. Because residential land values have gone ahead faster than those other types of land, residential properties are likely to pay a larger share of total rates than at present. The council would review the impacts of the revaluations on rates bills and had the ability to alter the system if it considered some changes would impact unfairly on certain groups of ratepayers. And that happened three years ago when the relative residential land values had the steepest rise in areas of the city where homeowners had among some of the lowest incomes and the lowest ability to pay. So the new rating values have gone up to the city council's website so you can also find it on pncc.com govt.nz pncc.govt.nz and they'll be posted out to property owners within the next few days. And remember, if you feel that the new valuations do not reflect the value of your property fairly, you can object between now and January 29th, 2022. A good 
idea of whether you should object might be to have real estate salespeople come and have a look, give you some thoughts on value, and if that differs greatly from the the new QV, quotable value, then um, it's worth getting QV around. Also, if you've done significant improvements to a property, that may not be reflected on the rating value. So objection is free, but only for a period up to January 29th. If you are looking at selling or increasing your equity to, say, lend again, then objecting can be worthwhile where you feel the numbers are not correct. So news from uh, around the country now, but this one from uh, Woodville. So Woodville land deemed surplus by council to be sold. So this is just over the over the hills, so to speak. So the council-owned land in Woodville, an MP wanted to be turned into social housing, will instead be disposed of, likely netting ratepayers nearly half a million dollars. Horizons Regional Council voted on Tuesday to dispose of three properties near its Woodville service centre. The lots, 112 and 114 Vogel Street and 66 Burgoyne Street, are currently vacant with parts used to graze sheep. The lots were likely to stay vacant until Wairarapa MP Kieran McEnulty wrote to the council, Wairarapa's MP's request for Woodville land to become social housing turned down by the council. The council initially debated the idea of clearing the land surplus and something which it legally must do before moving it on in August. But councillors wanted want more information what the land could be used for and if the council could make a decent profit if it developed there. And the, these three properties are valued at $540,000 in May. According to a report prepared for councillors, the council would make about $450,000 if it sold the properties as they were. Subdividing, building six houses and, and selling was estimated to net just 210000 while doing the same build but renting would bring in $70,000 per year, albeit only after spending $2.4 million to get the site in shape. And high construction costs and possible inflation could cut developments further, so we have to watch that space, but it does look like they're going to be sold. Now, you might recall uh, in the last couple of weeks I spoke on this program about a tiny uh, former schoolhouse in Hearn Bay in Auckland, and I do mean tiny, and that it was for sale and trying to figure out what it would sell for. So let me read a little bit from this article on stuff.co.nz. It says it's tiny but full of charm. The original Hearn Bay schoolhouse is likely to fix... Sorry... (laughs) fetch less than the median value of New Zealand's most expensive suburb, which has gone up 21% in the past year to 3.5 million. The tiny, coldy cottage that sits amongst the grand villas in Hearn Bay has sold under the hammer for $2.8 million after the auction was bought forward. Described by listing agent Blair Haddo of Bailey's Ponsonby as a rare offering, the cottage attracted some interest being a cheap entry into New Zealand's most expensive suburb. This really is a different world. Different world. It was a great result for a tiny cottage, Haddo says. It's all about the land, really. CoreLogic says the median value for a property in Hearn Bay is just over $3.5 million, and that's up by 21.6% or 622000 from a year ago. So it was a two-bedroom, two-bathroom cottage in Sentinel Road. It was a former schoolhouse, and it's on a, according to the People marketing it, the cottage sits on a romantic old world setting on 361 square metres and is brimming with traditional characters. So certainly not a large piece of land at all. So uh, $2.8 million for a two-bedroom, two-bathroom home. The, the mind boggles, particularly for those of us who are outside of that area 
find it hard to imagine spending that much and getting so little. Now, on the other scheme of things, there's uh, quite a large piece of land in Wellington, and this was reported on in Stuff as well by Colleen Hawkes. It says, estate sale. Is this the end of an era in Mount Victoria? You may never see this again. That's the headline for the listing for this beautiful late 1800s double bay villa in Mount Victoria, Wellington. And with those words, we understand this could be one of the last opportunities to purchase such a large and secluded site. Because listing agent Craig Lowe of Lowe & Co Realty says this is one of only three large properties with this much land left in Mount Victoria. It's very rare to find this amount of land left untouched on Mount Victoria, he says. Land of this size is practically unheard of. The owners have been batting away developers and house hunters for years. But now, after 67 years in the same family, the 1,472 square metre west-facing property is being sold in an estate sale. So Westbourne, as the four-bedroom, 260-square-metre house is named, is believed to have started life in 1878 as a boarding house. Lowe says it has since become one of the most admired villas in Mount Victoria. It has a grand entry up a long flight of steps, huge views back over the city, right beside the town belt. The house is surrounded by trees and bush with secret paths to shed tucked, tucked around the property. So we'll just... We're not sure how that's going to go, but it has got a rating value of 27 million dollars but the agent Craig Lowe says that's not representative of the market value. So it's interesting to see if it will be developers or somebody who's wanting to buy it, live in it and do it for themselves. Imagine having over uh, a quarter acre right there on Mount Victoria. Pretty amazing really. So we're going to have a bit of a break now and we're going to hear a little bit of George Thorogood. Haven't heard some George Thorogood for a while. The song I Just Can't Make It.
And you're back here on Property Matters. You're listening to myself, Greg Watson. Lovely having your company here on Manawatu People's Radio. Te reo, irarangi o na tangata o Manawatu. So we're just talking about uh, this large section in Mount Victoria in Wellington. And now we're going to move on to something else which may be of interest to the DIY people of this world. This headline from Colleen Hawkes and stuff says, Derelict Stone Pub with Heritage Listing Could Be Perfect Grand Designs Project. Now, Grand Designs, I love that show. And uh, what's really quite neat is to see what they start with. Then they do the sort of computer imagery that shows you what it will look like when it's finished. And that's uh, really quite a magical transformation. Of course, they follow the journey right through. So this says, could this be your Grand Designs project? It's abandoned, heritage listed, it's in Canterbury and has plenty of potential. Will be auctioned on the 16th of December 2021. The article says that we've all seen movies and read books about people doing up old stone houses in France and Italy, but what if you could actually do that here in New Zealand? And it turns out you can. The derelict stone building in a meadow has just been listed for sale at 22 Butterworth Lane, Albury in Canterbury. Even the address conjures up a romantic country ideal in the making. Butterworth Lane, that's fantastic. The 240-square-metre building, which has a historic places Category 2 heritage listing, dates back to 1873 when it started life as the Opawa Hotel. It was built from local limestone quarried from the Tinawa Gorge and originally had 13 bedrooms. Incredible. Where'd they fit them all? In subsequent years, the pub had a few name changes, including the Westmere, the Albury Tavern and the Pig and Whistle. But the building has been derelict for the last 21 years. George Murray says the current owner bought it 10 years ago and had grand plans for a dream home renovation, but is now living overseas and the plans have not eventuated. Georgie Murray is uh, the listing agent. She says, before the listing went live on November 25th, it was impossible to know how much interest the building would generate. We thought it could either take off or have little or no interest. But we only put the listing up yesterday lunchtime and we already have one person wanting to register for the auction and another driving down to Nelson to have a look. The building has been gutted over the years. There are no wall linings, just the original stone walls with some interior framing. You can see the original blackened fireplace. There's an old piano Desperate for a tune, an old wire bed, base, a bathtub and even some bed, a bed with linen upstairs. So what's so attractive about it? The setting is magical. The building comes with over 8 hectares of flat land. Murray says it's virtually next to what will soon become another trunk route on the immensely popular Alps to Oceans cycle trail. Now that'll be quite interesting. You could possibly open it there and uh, get a, bit, a few people staying people eating and drinking, that sort of stuff. But I'm going to have to look that up. So I've given you the, the address there and I've just thrown away my piece of paper. Oh, I think that was 22 Butterworth Lane. Yes, it is, in Albany, close to Christchurch. So if you want to look that one up, feel free. I know that uh, some, if you have the passion, desire, and don't mind living in a tent for a while or a motorhome, then that could be a possibility for you. Now we'll just go to a little bit of other news as I uh, leaf through my paperwork here. This one was interesting. It's a Christchurch Airbnb has been suspended over a list of racist demands to guests. An Airbnb listing in Ōtutahi has been suspended and a customer refunded after the owner left a, a list of racist demands for its guests. 
Amin Makani said he felt shock and fear when he saw three important notice to visitors notes stuck to the windows of a property in Maryvale where he booked a room at the last minute to celebrate his birthday at the end of a work trip from Queenstown in mid-October. Among the comments, the notice included a demand that no Māori language be spoken on the premises and not to refer to our country as Aotearoa. We live in New Zealand, it said. A photo of the notice has been shared widely on social media, attracting thousands of comments of disgust and disbelief. Te Reo Māori is an official and founding language of Aotearoa and under Te Tiriti o Waitangi, Māori have the right to live as Māori and to protect and develop their taonga, which includes their language, of course. Makani told Stuff the notice made him fearful because the host, who also lived at the property, was the most unsuspecting individual, charismatic, well-travelled, seemed kind in the half-hour conversation before he'd noticed the message. It was difficult to stay composed and contain his reaction, Makani said, but he was weary that I'm in someone else's home, and if they can be this forthright with their perspectives, there's no telling what else they could be capable of. Why does he feel 10 feet tall and bulletproof when he knows others are going to openly read what would be deemed as some seriously controversial comments? Makani declined to name and shame the Airbnb owner, and as a Muslim man said he had learned what happens when one person's actions paint groups of people with the same brush. He hoped everyone would respect and thank the ancestors of the Māori for sharing Aotearoa with us. So there we go. Um, There is a picture floating around of that notice on the internet. Um, Like I say, the the two main things were the no no Māori language to be spoken on these premises – we live in New Zealand, please not refer to our country as Aotearoa, the article says. So that's uh, something you've got to be so careful of with regards to uh, the private uh, private sector. Airbnb, not super well regulated, apart from the self-regulation that comes from reviews, etc. But they have taken that down, so, so that's um, interesting to see. This article, just a bit on finance here, the Reserve Bank's OCR, that's the official cash rate, move was bird-brained and spineless, says a top economist. This is in a recent article. A decision by the Reserve Bank to only raise the official rate by 25 basis points to 0.75% on Wednesday has been labelled bird-brained and spineless by top economist who says the bank missed a chance to head off rampant inflation. As I mentioned earlier in the show, ANZ and ASB have raised their floating and flexible mortgage rates despite the central bank electing only for a cautious 25 basis point rise, rather than a larger 50 basis point hike. Bank analysts and economists had been forecasting either a 25 rise or a double hike of 50 basis points, as Reserve Bank seems to walk a line between keeping a lid on inflation while remaining and maintaining momentum in the economy. Reserve Bank Governor Adrian Orr said a 50 basis point rise was amongst it when the Bank's Monetary Policy Committee met to consider where to set the OCR, acknowledging it had acted cautiously by only electing for a 25 basis point rise. Or said one of the reasons was that many mortgage holders were on short-term rates and that meant that the economy would be particularly sensitive to the rise. Deputy Governor Jeff Biscand said it expected about 70% of mortgages to be repriced over the coming year. The Bank's Monetary Policy Committee said it discussed how fast interest rates needed to be increased and explained there was uncertainty about the resilience of consumer spending and business investment as the country adapts to living with the COVID virus in the community. So it was a 
Brad Olson, who is the Inframetrics Principal, who then went on to say that it was bird-brained when all signs point to the need to remove emergency monetary stimulus and dampen rampant demand. In some of the outspoken comments levelled at the Reserve Bank in recent times, Olson has said it doubled down on its spineless approach by signalling considered steps in the OCR in the future. And that just lets inflation become more entrenched, he says. What's probably going to happen? Well, I'd say it's highly likely that the the, the Reserve Bank will just keep putting it up, probably by a similar margin uh, each time they are able to, which is usually uh, quarterly to the best of my understanding, although I don't necessarily uh, quote me on that. So that's a uh, that little bit of, I guess, things going there. And that interest rates rise has meant bad news for home affordability, according to Miriam Bell from Stuff. And again, based on the article that we'd spoken about earlier today, that Manawatu Wanganui had the average price increase of 35.6% over the last year, which has meant that uh, we've now become a lot less affordable in a rapid, rapid speed. So that's all we've got time for this week. It's been lovely having your company. Thank you so much for being here and having a listen. You can find this on mpr.nz. Just do a search for Property Matters or Greg Watson. You'll find your way to the show. Otherwise, you can find it where all podcasts are found. So thank you for listening, and we'll catch up again in a week's time. If you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the KiwiFruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favourite show.